Welcome to BrainStuff from How Stuff Works. Hey, BrainStuff, I'm Lauren Vogelbaum, and of all the possible get-rich-quick schemes you could involve yourself in, I'm betting you would stop short of serial killing. Yes, even if it meant you'd be aiding the advancement of science. But that's not the case for everybody. Take William Burke and William Hare, two Irish immigrants who ran a boarding house in Edinburgh, Scotland, and killed at least 15 people during a 10-month period across 1827 and 1828. And we're not trying to aggrandize serial murders here, but they made a small fortune doing it. Burke and Hare had no criminal records before they got into the murdering business. Burke was a cobbler, and Hare a laborer who owned a lodging house with his wife. When a boarder who owed the Hares a good deal of back rent died one day in November 1827, Hare complained to his friend Burke. The two decided that the best way to recoup Hare's financial loss was to sell the man's corpse to an anatomy professor at the University of Edinburgh. Anatomy research was a booming business in Edinburgh in the early 1800s, and though many human dissections were conducted every day in the city, human remains were hard to come by. Grave robbing was frowned upon, but anatomists were only technically allowed to study the bodies of deceased prisoners, suicide victims, orphans, and abandoned children. So Edinburgh's underbelly was crawling with body snatchers. Since the demand was high for cadavers and the supply relatively low, many anatomists used the services of so-called resurrection men to fill their human corpse requirements. Resurrection men were folks who made a business of body snatching or clandestinely removing a body from a burial site. There was no law against digging up a dead body and selling it, since the dead didn't officially belong to anyone. Oh, what an innocent time. But the general public was perhaps understandably dismayed by this practice. In addition to the living's emotional attachment to loved one's remains, at the time, many Christians were concerned that the dissection of bodies after death would prevent the deceased from rising during the final judgment. However, anatomists, desperate for cadavers, were willing to pay good money for bodies, sometimes in terrible condition, without asking questions about where those bodies came from. A doctor and anatomist named Robert Knox was a popular lecturer at the University of Edinburgh when Burke and Hare came to him with that first cadaver from the boarding house. Knox paid them £7.10 for the body. In today's money, that's almost £750, or over 950 American dollars, and was almost double what the dead man owed Hare in back rent. The body was pretty fresh, which pleased Knox, and he was even more pleased a few months later with the body of Burke and Hare's first murder victim. She was a lodger who fell ill with fever in the boarding house. Perhaps worried that her illness would mean bad business for the boarding house, or perhaps looking to make a quick buck, the two men suffocated her. Knox paid them 10 pounds, that's $13 for that cadaver, worth over 1,000 pounds or $1,300 today. Over the course of the next year, Knox bought a total of 16 bodies from the pair, mostly women. Most of their victims were killed, likely with the knowledge of the murderer's wives, by plying them with whiskey and then suffocating them. Burke and Hare preyed on people who were poor and alone or disabled. During the eventual trial, the three victims named in the indictment were a mentally disabled young man, a young woman reputed to be a prostitute, and their final victim, the one who got them caught, a middle-aged Irish woman named Margaret Doherty, reportedly in Edinburgh searching for her missing son. Burke and Hare were discovered by a couple staying in Hare's boarding house. They saw the two men drinking with the woman in the evening, and the next morning she had disappeared. They found her body packed in straw under a bed, ready to be taken to Knox. After the couple alerted the police, the authorities raided Knox's cadavers and found the woman's body among them. In the trial, Hare testified against Burke, and he and his wife were released. Burke's wife was also released, but Burke was executed. 
Knox was exonerated of all charges because Burke testified that Knox didn't know about the provenance of the bodies he was buying. The case was extremely high profile, and along with other murder cases, including copycat crimes, it led to the passing of the Anatomy Act of 1832. This controversial legislation opened up anatomists' options. Any donated body could now be dissected. But with dissection still considered a sort of desecration, the only people who considered such a donation tended to be those in poverty. The act, therefore, shifted dissection from being a sort of secondary punishment for criminals after execution to being a sort of punishment for not having the family or funds to provide for yourself after death, and led to riots at the Cambridge Medical School. Though attitudes and laws have changed since then, the issue of the ownership, transfer, and treatment of the dead is definitely still under discussion. Today's episode was written by Jessalyn Shields and produced by Tyler Klang. For more on this and lots of other grave topics, visit our home planet, HowStuffWorks.com. Hold up. 